Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What progress, if any, have you made um, toward a resolution with Aaron since we last spoke with you after the draft? Yeah, Rob, I've got nothing new to uh, update and uh, we still obviously feel the same way it's uh, you know we want him back in the worst way I know he knows that and um, you know we'll, we'll continue to work at it each and every day you know I feel bad for Matt LaFleur he goes oh. 26 and 6 right his first two seasons as an NFL coach and now he's got to deal with a mess right that he didn't make and that he's not responsible for yeah. he didn't trade those picks to move up to get Jordan Love, the replacement for Aaron Rodgers. And I think there's a lot of tongue biting going on for Matt LaFleur, who knows his job. He's the coach of the team. It's for others to make these strategic decisions like trying to to put Aaron Rodgers in the perfect zone of being mad enough to be motivated, but not so mad that he tries to blow it up. Well, he's mad enough to try to blow it up. And Aaron Rodgers is still uh, unhappy with the Packers, and Matt LaFleur is the one who had to deal with the mess this weekend. It still isn't cleaned up, Chris. No, I, it's just, you know, it's kind of like the unforgotten part of the whole story, really. It, it really is. I mean, poor Matt LaFleur, like you said. Uh, he's, he, there's no issue there. He probably at that press conference wants to be like, uh, listen, no, um, here, wait, me and Aaron Rodgers, we're fine. I talked to him earlier today. You know, go ask the front office. He thinks they're a bunch of jerks, so they're the ones that got to fix it. We're good. I know he likes me, and I like him, and I'm not the one that traded a first round, you know, picks away to move up in the first round to get a guy to replace him. It's an unbelievable situation that he's had to deal with. I mean, one, he went into year one dealing with, wait, I got to deal with Aaron Rodgers, and can he handle him, and Rodgers the diva and all that passed it with flying colors and then year two he gets the organization to throw him a screwball and go hey you know it was so easy the first year now we're gonna make our best player and the guy who's maybe the chippiest in the locker room disgruntled for you okay good luck oh 13 and 3 again 
I mean, this is three off seasons in a row where he just he figures he figures it out and somehow kind of just lays in the weeds and smooths it over. And that's I think one of the good things that you're seeing about Matt Lafleur. He's got a great way with people, uh, and he certainly has a good relationship with Rogers that way. Remember two years ago, Rodgers pulled the strings and pressed the buttons and yanked the levers necessary to get out for public discussion. Yeah, that's that right. whole idea of his freedom to change the play at the line of scrimmage. Right. And and he made it into a thing and it got resolved to his satisfaction. And I think now in hindsight, when we look back at that, it seems quaint, frankly, in comparison to the issues that yeah, the seriously. Packers and Rodgers are currently <laughs> dealing with. But I think it was instructive on how Rodgers gets things done and gets his way because it worked. He got his way. LaFleur backed down. And LaFleur's smart enough to know, I got one of the best quarterbacks in football. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to work with him. And eventually right. LaFleur is saying exactly what Rodgers wanted him to say. Why would I not want to take full advantage of the, the, the experience and the wisdom of one of the best quarterbacks to ever put on a football helmet. So that worked. Yes. But it's not LaFleur making the call this time. And, Chris, yep, so I did a, a mailbag over the weekend, and I always regret doing it because it ends up taking way too much time. But when it's done, it, it, I feel like I've accomplished something for a change. Um, somebody asked me, and, and this was a specific question, if you were Brian Gutekunst, would you trade Rodgers or keep him? And it occurred to me, Number one, I don't think this is Brian Gutekunst's call. I think it's Mark Murphy's call as the CEO of the team. And I thought of three reasons why, if I was Gutekunst, I would want to trade him right now. And I think if we attach Gutekunst to a lie detector test, he probably would have to say he'd prefer to move on. And let me give you my three reasons, and okay. you tell me if you buy this. Yeah. First, you're never going to get more for him than you're going to get right now. You're never getting more. He's, he's the reigning MVP. If he slips at all in 2021, you're not going to get more for him next year. This is the time to maximize the return. Second, I already made the decision to trade up and get Jordan Love. I believe in Jordan Love. I want to be vindicated by Jordan Love. I mean, just like when we talk about Justin Fields, Bears moved from 20 to 11. While the Packers moved up, they made the reach, the grab for Jordan Love. Gutekunst sees something he likes. You get vindicated if love plays. Let's go ahead and start the experiment. And third, hey, I'm pissed off. This guy wants me fired. This guy's trashing me in text messages. I want this guy out of the organization. He's undermining me. So if I'm Gutekunst, why, why don't I want to trade him? Yeah. I, I Listen, I think out of your three points, they all make sense. But I, to me, the you know, from from everything you're saying, like reasons one and three – make a lot of sense for Gutenkoos, all right? And reason one was you have the max leverage right now, you said, right, to trade him. He's the MVP yeah, of football. Yeah, you're never going to get more. Never going to get more. Got you there. You know, yeah, you you, you know, there, there's a quarterback that's pissed off that wants you fired. Sorry, sorry, Manchester, and everything like that. They want you fired. They want you out the door. So, yeah, you'd like to get him out of the program. The second thing you talk about, the Jordan Love one, right, that's the one that's a little tricky to me. Like, you're right. You drafted a guy, we want him out there, we want to get it going. But I think what would be scary to me right now, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, I don't know here, I'm just listening to you and throwing this out there. If I was Gutenkoos, I would just be worried about egging my face from the standpoint of Jordan Love's not ready right now, and the team is good. And if, if they went out there and fell apart and Jordan Love ended up being the reason, like, man, the Packers went, you know, eight and nine and didn't get in the playoffs and Jordan Love threw a lot of interceptions and cost them games. Man, 
Gutenkusk, it's going to be like he's going to have a bullseye on him in a big way. So I would think that might be the only thing that would maybe scare Gutenkust away from like really wanting that to happen, at least. What do you think of my assessment there? Well, first of all, well done on accounting for 17 games. That is something that I can struggle with <laughs> with the 8-9. But secondly, and, and, and this, uh, this astounds me, that these organizations, despite you know being worth multi-billion dollars, we can have these periodic failures of imagination where when they were plotting the move to get Jordan Love, because this surely isn't something that Brian Gutekunst showed up the first night of the draft, 2020, right, and and just caught some crazy impulse and say, hey, you know what? Here's something that'll be fun. Jordan Love's available. Let's trade up and get him. You you had to have thought through this, and you know who you're dealing with in Aaron Rodgers yeah. for crying out loud. To, to make this move, to not tell Aaron Rodgers about it ahead of time, to not tell him about it at any point until after the name's on the card, uh, how do you not see that you're going to put yourself in this spot, yeah, potentially? That's the big and thing. Whatever attracted Gutekunst to Jordan Love, see, if I'm Gutekunst, you know, the, the, the fact that last year we didn't have a first-round or a fourth-round pick rookie who could come in and help us beat the Buccaneers and get to the Super Bowl and potentially win it, that makes me even more determined to show people why. Oh, you want that? You want that? receiver or defensive back that we would have had get a load of what we got instead so he's got a love to to I, I guess this is my point and this is why that second factor means so much to me if I'm Brian Gutekunst yeah to throw your life into turmoil the way that he has that suggests to me that he sees something special in Jordan Love why not find out now what it is I that's that's a good question I hear you I mean obviously I think there was that thought of of that like of all those things you explain and that's why they made that move to draft him but you know again Rodgers of course has had a hand in changing the circumstances a little bit with how he's played and you know I think too the offseason of last year probably changes that thought a little bit like we've talked about it was not a full offseason we have yet to see the kid play preseason football right they so, knew that they knew that that, that they was knew the it when the they drafted him. When they You're drafted right. him. You're right. Yep. So there's no excuse there. So again, maybe it's something they just saw throughout the year and they just go away. He's not ready yet. We know that. And that's why they can't do it. I, I don't know. But yes, I mean, you laid it out there. And at the very least, it was a bad, yeah, bad read on how to handle the situation with Rodgers. I think that's like, that's where it started to go south. They read him wrong and they read on how to handle the situation completely wrong, and that's where it's been a disaster, and that's really where it all stems from. All right. In Minnesota, they had a similar experience this year with a quarterback who was drafted without the incumbent getting a heads-up. Now, it wasn't round one. It was round three. It wasn't a trade-up. Kellen Mond fell to them after the Buccaneers made Kyle Trask the final selection of round two. There's Kyle Mond, early round three. The Vikings make the move. Mond at rookie minicamp this weekend, talking about what he's doing to get himself ready for life in the NFL. 
pretty quick after I got drafted, I got my iPad and so I've already I've already watched all the 2020 games and you know really watched them multiple times and just um, some plays are a little bit more advanced that you know I necessarily haven't gotten to. Um, you know we're still on you know pretty pretty a lot of the base stuff on um, install, um, but it's still a lot of information. So still being able to watch Kirk on um, certain cutups um, and certain certain things that I, I really enjoy and um, just really enjoy uh, just watching his execution, watching his footwork, and just watch how he he's able to um, you know just go through reads and pretty much master the offense. So. Um, you know, the more I watch him, the more I'm able to kind of mimic, you know, his footwork, um, his cadence, which is uh, huge in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, there's there's so much uh, so many things that I need to learn. And um, but, uh, you know, I feel like I'm in a phenomenal organization um, with uh, phenomenal talent. And, um, you know, obviously can't wait to get to work with Kirk also. That quote created an obvious headline that he's trying to mimic Kirk Cousins, which prompted. How'd you feel about that? Say, How'd you feel about? Don't. Well, when you see the full explanation, it yeah, makes sense. Right. When you see the annoying headline at PFT, <laughs> that's, that's, when, that's when you say, why are you trying to. But, but look, hey, Kirk Cousins has strengths. Kirk Cousins has weaknesses. They're both well-established. And to the extent that there are things that Cousins does well and Kellen Mond can study those on film and do those things, he will be better off for it in the offense that Kirk Cousins runs. The things where Kirk Cousins has weaknesses, those are inherent athletic limitations. Kellen Mond doesn't have those. Right. Kellen Mond can take a play that goes to hell and not just crumple in the pocket or throw the ball away, or begin to run away from pressure and get gobbled up before he can even get three feet from where he was standing looking for a receiver. That's why the Vikings have moved in this direction, and they need protection against the fact that Cousins is under contract for two more years, and they've got no way to keep him after 2022. They would have been unprepared for what comes next if they didn't look for a quarterback. And, you know, I continue to hear they were looking at Justin Fields, who was in the process of falling to them at 14. And when the Bears traded up to get Fields, that forced them to move to plan B. And they're happy with Kellen Mond. And I got no problem with him studying Kirk Cousins. He's got to learn. He's got to learn the NFL game. And he's got things that could make him better than Kirk Cousins. Right. But first, he's got to figure out the things Kirk Cousins does well. That's right. Uh, I mean, yes, he has more high-end talent than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is still a really damn good starting NFL quarterback. There's a lot to learn. And and really, every rookie quarterback, for the most part, you know, if has any veteran in front of them that has any you know, established part of their career, you do mimic them. The coaching staff tells you to mimic them. It's just a good base, like, starting point for a rookie quarterback. You know, when I was a rookie, I got in there. Brad Johnson was the guy. Yeah, I mimicked him because the way he was doing things right as far as executing the offense. Oh, okay. He took a seven-step drop, and then he took one hitch step and then moved to the read, second read. Okay, that's, you know, so that's where Cousins is a machine as far as doing things right, to your point, within the confines of the offense. You know, footwork, body positioning for each read, all of those type of things, reading and reacting to the defense. And that's where, like, hey, Kellen Mond, he certainly can learn some things from Kirk Cousins in that that aspect. Cousins is amazing at reading coverages and, you know, at that point just reacting and pulling the trigger to throw the football almost seamlessly is really one of his great strengths. And now you get a guy like Mond who's smart and I think can read defenses the same way. But like you said, 
has more high-end talent, that's when maybe you can groom something special here. So it is a positive that he's mimicking Kirk Cousins. And I know Kirk Cousins isn't a top-five quarterback in football, but damn, he's done a lot of good. And uh, either way, headline, reality, whatever, I'm okay with him mimicking Cousins at this point. How do you think Cousins reacts to the situation? He seems to be very aware of the business side of the game. We had him on PFTPM the week before the Super Bowl. He made it clear he's got no interest in extending his current contract. He wants to play it out. That gives him all the leverage going into 2023. And I think he's mature enough to understand the Vikings did have to protect themselves. But having that, that, that presence, that, that alternative other than Sean Mannion, how does that affect Kirk Cousins as a as a player, knowing that if it all goes sideways, they at least have somebody else they can trot out there and see what he has? I don't think it's going to affect him at all at this point. I really don't. I think he's too much of a robot. He's too, you know, into the details of the offense and making himself better and just played too much football to where I don't think you can really infiltrate his brain to where it's going to really throw him for a sidetrack, you know, sidetrack him at all at least. You know, this is a guy, again, he's kind of been through it all as far as this is concerned. You know, he took over in Washington. Everybody wanted him off the field and RG3 back in there. You know, then he did take over and he played and it was always like, ah, get him out of here. Then, you know, you like that, you like that, and all that stuff happened. And the contract and the pressure of that situation. You know, I just don't think he's going to really blink at it. I don't. You know, he's a very aware, like you said, uh, but I think he's too obsessed with his own craft to be really worried about some of the outside factors and things like that. So I don't expect any slippage from Kirk Cousins and his play this year at all. And I guess the best news for the Vikings, they got a third round rookie quarterback who is already in there busting his butt. And that was the one yep. thing that impressed me about Kellen Mond. You talked to him. I talked to him a week or so after that. He seems like a guy who is going to, to go all in. Go all in. That's and is right. going to be all football yeah. all the time. I asked him the question, you know, if you weren't playing football, what would you be doing with your life? And he, it's not even on his radar screen. His life's been all about football, and that's his motivation. And uh, he, he's, he's going to throw himself into it and, yeah. and make it his whole existence. Is, is that a healthy balance? I don't know. But the reality is, if you want to be among the best in the NFL, you've got to surrender your life to it. That's the Tom Brady approach. You got to be willing to work harder than me because I am going to put everything I have in it. And that, that, that's a necessary prerequisite to being great. You're not just going to roll out of bed and be great. Not in today's NFL. No, you're not. And especially not a quarterback, you know, uh, you might be able to get away with it at some positions, but quarterback, I don't really care, you know, how talented you are. It's just it's a position like, listen, Mahomes, we see him. He's as talented as we've ever seen in the sport. We know he's all in. He's all in. Same with Rodgers. It's just if you want to be great, if you want to play a sustained amount of time, have a career, it has to consume you in all facets. I mean, I, I grew up around a guy where I saw it consume him. I tried to take the same approach in my career. Every It has to be your life. It's too short of a career, and then there's two – you got to be able to – there's too many other circumstances that affect you, so you need to be at your absolute best if you want to make it work. That's the biggest thing. You know, you got coaches, bad players, good players, you know, good coaches, bad owners, good – there's too many things that can affect your play to where you want to make sure the one thing that's constant is I'm 
all in, tip top, ready to go in all facets. And that's what an NFL quarterback has to be to be successful. Yeah, and uh, um, that's just the reality of life in today's NFL. And Kellen Mond beginning that crash course, studying Kirk Cousins in the good way. Calm down, Vikings fans. It's actually good news, not bad news. And, and you know, we have fun with Kirk Cousins has done some great things at quarterback in the NFL. Yes. But there are limitations. And also – the Vikings, as I said, need to be protected contractually because one thing he's done as well as anyone is he's worked that system to his advantage and he's made a load of money. We're going to take a break. When we return, the latest with Juwan James, who is now a free agent because he was released by the Broncos on Friday. We'll delve into the aftermath of that and the potential ramifications when PFT Live continues right after this. Juwan James not happy about what happened to him on Friday. The Denver Broncos releasing him. They will not be paying his salary that was guaranteed for skill, injury, and cap, specifically injury happening on the job. He's released because of a non-football injury. He doesn't get paid. And Juwan James says, at NFLPA, if you're going to advise all of us, we need you to have our backs on the other end of this. And he's a prime example of the guy who, who did what the union recommended that he do. He was working out at the facility. Union says don't, so he went on his own. There was a workout program given to him by the team. The team was very careful to say these are voluntary options and we are not responsible for any injury that you suffer away from the workplace. There's going to be a grievance because you're talking about $10 million. You may as well give it a try. Maybe you get lucky. Just can't imagine James being successful, Chris, against the, the team. When it's as plain as day, you get injured at work, you're covered. You get injured away from work, you're not covered. And if you're going to be doing the workout the team gave you, why not just show up at the team facility and do it there? I know. Well, I mean, I think, you know, at, at base level, he brings up a, like a good point. I mean, again, if the organization that you're a part of, the union that you're a part of, is advising you to do something that can financially hurt your life, and ruin you for an injury, you would think there is insurance for something like that. I mean, that would be, uh, to me, again, not that I'm sitting here and I'm Johnny Lawyer or anything like that, but that just seems common sense. You know, when I when you read the tweet and everything like that, I was just like, yeah. I mean, duh, I know. I wish I would have thought about that last week and said that. But, yeah, that, that makes sense. And uh, that's where I feel for Jawan James, and that's where I tell all players, get back to the facility and do your workouts there. And people around the league are interpreting his tweet as an indication that among his various options, he will explore pursuing some type of action against the union. Now, generally speaking, it's very hard to to hold a union responsible for breaching what they call the duty of fair representation. It's an extremely high bar. But, you know, in this case, and I'm not, I, I look, I don't know how it plays out. All I know is the guy's out 10 million bucks. And if he can prove that, that uh, he listened to the NFLPA and they didn't advise him of the potential risks that he was incurring by working out on his own, that's a potential problem. But he yeah. also has an agent. He also, yeah, that's the thing. The agents, in, that's why the agents are telling these guys show up. That's one of the reasons why. And of all the guys, of all the guys in the NFL who should have been told, you should be at yeah, the team facility when you're working him. out. 
He got $17 million for three games in 2019. He opted out last year. Not that that should be held against any player, but, but we got to be is. realistic. Yeah. You're coming back after sitting out all of last year. You got to prove yourself. You got to establish yourself. You're going to be working out anyway. Work out in the team facility and get the protection that goes along with it. Your surgery's covered, your rehab's covered, and you get your $10 million. By cutting him on Friday, he's on his own for his rehab, Chris. Yeah. He is completely on his own. No, I mean, Mike, your point about, first off, if there's been any player that should have been there, yeah, it's players that are in his boat. Exactly right. Oh, we gave you a ton of money, and you've played three games, and then the other year you decided not to play? Like, I don't care. It's a business. You know, you say what you want. Yeah, no, no business is going to be like, oh, great, you've uh, taken $17 million from us and done nothing? Oh, yeah, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt and keep you around for a while, even though you're hurt, you're hurt now and you're going to steal another $10 million from us, right? I mean, come on. What do you expect the team to do at this point? To me, Mike, like the big thing is for, for that I'd like to ask you, like does he have any real, like, merit here as far as if he was to bring this to the NFL PA and be like, listen, you didn't warn me of this. I wasn't aware of this circumstance here. And would he be able to then, you know, sue the NFL PA or get money out of them for, for this whole situation? That's a nuance. I've never had the occasion to research. That is a fancy way of saying I have no idea, yeah. but that's how you find out. That's how you get an idea. You research how other similar cases out there cases with similar facts, how those have been handled. But the argument would be, if you're the lawyer representing Juwan James, the union recommended that you not be present for these workouts. The yeah. union didn't tell Juwan James, oh, by the way, if you work out on your own and you get injured, here's all the things you're going to lose. They didn't tell him that when he made his decision. And, and I'm telling you, if it comes to that, the union is going to pin it on the agent saying this is where the agent needed to intervene and be aware of his situation and be aware of the union and advise rules. him yeah. and advise him on what he had to do. So I think the agent is in a more delicate spot here than the union. If the agent didn't say to Juwan James, Hey Juwan, before you go down to planet fitness with your sheet of paper from the strength coach with all the different exercises you're supposed to do or that they recommend that you do or that the voluntary options, whatever language the Broncos use so they're not on the hook. Before you, know, before you do that, you got some reasons, like yeah. maybe 10 million of them plus, to just go to the Mike. facility and tell the NFLPA, thanks but no thanks on this one. I got to take care of myself and my family. You're, it's interesting. You're, I mean, it, to me, I, I mean, I didn't really, but you're right. I mean, it, it kind of does fall back on the agent. I mean, the agent like certifies, right? They're certified through the un union to work that way. So yeah, I would think that maybe you're right. Sorry, excuse me. I'm hiccuping here and burping at the same time. My coffee. Thank you. Thank Good morning, you. everybody. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you. But, yeah, that's an interesting angle that you're right. I think is a little more on the agent than I maybe thought of earlier. And, and I think that that's where whoever's advising Juwan James needs to tread lightly. And, and, and I think that what he needs at this point is somebody completely disconnected from anyone who's had any yeah, involvement right. with him right. whatsoever. You need a completely objective, neutral voice who can identify the various responsibilities and advise you on what to do. Because the agent may say, 
ah, you know what, it's an uphill climb against the union. Let's not go down that path, recognizing that if he does, the union is going to turn back around and say, it's on the agent. And oh, by the way, we have the power to discipline the agent if we want to do so. Maybe we maybe we choose to discipline the agent for not telling Juwan James that it was in his best interest to not to not listen to us, to ignore our recommendation that he's one of the ones that should be present and working out. So I, I really do think for his own best interest and to the extent that there is someone out there who has responsibility for this guy being out 10 million bucks, he needs to find somebody completely disconnected, completely neutral, completely objective, who can advise him on his rights. And uh, I, th that's the advice I'd give to anyone in this situation. Get someone who can tell you where you need to go for the compensation that you deserve. I sound like a 1-800-CALL-THE-LAWYERS. But, but that's true. You know, nobody likes lawyers until they need one. He needs a good one to help him navigate his way through this because it sounds like someone may be responsible for that $10 million. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm, I am going to be, like, kind of uh, just interested to see how he where he takes this from here on out. I am. And just to continue to kind of gauge, like, the NFL PA and their stance on this as we go forward and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, crazy situation. I feel for Juwan James, uh, as, as we have talked about, but – Man, yeah, I just it's it's one where I think they're ill advised. I do, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. By the way, the union says thirty eight percent of players have shown up so far for off season workouts. Now, I'm trying to get more information as to whether that includes all the rookies who have been there because it's been virtually all rookies. But phase two starts today. It's on field coaching. It's not OTAs, but it's it's not just working out. We'll see how many guys show up for that, and then the OTAs start next week. So. Uh, uh, look, the Juwan James situation is uh, the warning shot for the other players. At a minimum, talk to your agents, look at your contract, and understand the risks you're taking if you continue to work out away from the facility. We'll take a break. Our Monday PFT Live draft next when we return. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Over the weekend came the 35th anniversary. I mean, damn. Are you kidding me? Damn. Are you kidding me? I, I At least I'm Tom Cruise. I had to be the girl. I couldn't at least be Iceman or something. I mean, we had to be. You could be Iceman. 
You could be Goose. Man, I mean, sh I'd take Goose. I mean, I would have taken Goose. Yeah, he's dead. So what? I mean, man, they had to make me the girl. Okay. Spoiler fine. alert. Jeez. Spoiler alert. Goose, Goose dies. dies. Yeah, sorry. If you haven't seen it by now, too late. Yeah. <laughs> Did, didn't they make a sequel? Isn't there a sequel to Top Gun coming out? Haven't I seen oh, it? Oh, I think you're like right. Decided I think there is a sequel coming okay. out. I believe you're right. I, yeah. I, know, I know that the pandemic is like, turned the world upside down from the standpoint of movies that they think people will actually go to the theater and see so they're holding some of them for when you know now i guess when people can go back to theaters and take off their masks what, it's just a it's, it's just a weird time altogether but anyway did you see top gun go in theaters back then back yes, in that day 1986 1986 yes. you saw it okay yes, yes. i uh, i mean i did, I did. not not that i was too young of course i remember it i got i guess i was probably not eight or nine by the time i finally saw it uh, but so, yeah, it was a little before my time as far as going to theaters to watch that movie. You, you mean you mean your parents didn't take you to theaters when you were five years old so you could shout out the F word repeatedly? <laughs> no, no. I mean, no, they didn't. Uh, oddly enough, I, I did. I do remember crazy thing I, I will say about my childhood is 86. I believe it was 86, maybe 87 or a year after that. I, I got a chance to meet Tom Cruise as he was waiting uh, outside the, you know, the little area. I was waiting for my dad to come out and my uncle, Dominic, who's like my crazy Kentucky uncle, right? Like you always got that crazy uncle. My uncle Dominic's that guy, right? So I was waiting for him and my dad to come out. And man, I remember just sitting there as a young kid going, man, this is that guy I see on the movies all the time. I didn't know his name at the time, but he was dressed just like Top Gun, like a bomber jacket with glasses on, his hair combed to the side. Uh, not that I actually said hello to him, meet him, but I did get to see him in person, and that is Tom Cruise. He's kind of a big deal. How, how old were you? How old I'm going to say I was like six, seven, eight, somewhere. It was 86, 87, 88, somewhere in that range there, Mike. So so you were taller than them by that. <laughs> You're funny. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember him being Danny DeVito short or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> because you would have pointed it I out. I would have. Hey, hey, established short. that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, why is that guy so short? Uh, all right. Uh, so today's draft. And, you know, it sounded like a good idea when I suggested it, and then I actually had to do the research and the thought, and it's yeah, this isn't as easy as I thought. The best NFL wingman in honor of the Top Gun, Top Gun 35th birthday. I have a trivia question for you, Chris. At the beginning of Top Gun, this, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe he won't be able to get this. At the beginning of Top Gun, Maverick sings karaoke to win over Charlie. Name the song and the artist. You lost that love and feeling. Whoa, that but okay, okay. You've named the song. Who's the artist? Mm. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I know. I don't either. You don't either. You don't. Know? Is it Righteous Brothers? Yeah. I knew it was Brothers. If I would have talked it through a little bit, I would have come up with it. I come on, old timer. How did you not know that? Sorry. Jeez. I, but I didn't even get a credit. I didn't get a credit for knowing the song. I don't get anything. Go I ahead. mean, yeah, since yeah, everybody knows listen, the song. I, I'll, I'll <laughs> let you have the first pick because I'm going to be curious to see which way you go because you clearly came to this dance without your dancing shoes. Well, no, no I, research was done last night. No I, preparation. Hey, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to dominate you in this draft. All right. <laughs> all right. Go. And, and I did. I had some old timers on here. So I had to think of some newer. All right. First off, like the ultimate wingman like thing, NFL. I mean, is is Gronk to Brady. That's number one to me. I don't even want to use quarterbacks in this a whole lot. But like Gronk is like 
wing like wherever Tom goes, me go. Wherever Tom throws football, me catch it. Tom needs security to walk into a bar. I'm his security. I mean, that's he's the ultimate wingman. Tom doesn't want to drink the shot. I drink it for him. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'm gronk. I mean, he's the ultimate wingman. I mean, he's, he's anything. I mean, right? He's the guy you'd love to have at the bar. You say something stupid or not even funny, and he laughs, and everybody thinks it's funny. Hey, I'm cool. Look at that. He's the ultimate wingman in Gronk. Similar vibe. Right idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I go I go to a different city. I go to a different quarterback and a different tight end, Travis Kelsey to Patrick Mahomes. But it's the exact same thing. <laughs> right. Right. Texas Tech's in the final four. Who's there next to him? Yeah, right. Not the guy who went to Texas Tech is Travis <laughs> right. Kelsey next to Patrick Mahomes in Minnesota. They they win the Super Bowl. They're hanging out with Post Malone. They're there playing uh beer pong with Post Malone. Yes. He's he's got he's he's protecting the meal ticket everywhere he goes and on the field he's the ultimate wingman too uh, you know tra- uh, Tyree kills covered Travis Kelsey's going to be open he's always going to be there to bail out Patrick Mahomes so I-, I think that those are the obvious ones it gets a little harder after it that. definitely does all right next one I'm going to go to receiver here I'm going to go to like you know your ultimate wingman you got like the big guy and the small guy, you know, that's, it's David and Goliath, but the ultimate wingman, as far as football is concerned, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That's what I'm going to throw out there. It's just, it's like, Hey, you big guy, you go, you go deep and do all the big guy stuff. And I'm the real small, fast guy. And I'll catch all these routes and do all that. And we're an awesome wingman together. I mean, I don't know. That's how I envision those. Voices going in my brain is stupid. Why, as yeah, am. why is Tyler Lockett have a high pitch? Because he was a small, fast guy, right? And usually, I just feel like <laughs> they talk like that. Uh, but yes, there's no no logic to that. But I think you could argue it's as good as a one-two tandem in all of football, definitely. And they couldn't be more opposite as far as the way they look. Uh, so they're a great wingman for each other out in the football field. I, I'm going to go similar path again, although this is a new relationship. It's the young guy who's taken over the position in Minnesota Adam Thielen who had been the wingman to Stephon Diggs is now the wingman to Justin Jefferson and uh, and uh, you know a very potent one-two punch and uh, you know uh, Thielen's the one who would I guess punch out and hit his head on the on the cockpit a very unrealistic uh, physical thing that happened to goose but he still died do you One know how do you know how do you know that's unrealistic you've been in planes you've unreal- ejected out of them I before it at one point oh it's yeah. not the wingman <laughs> that's not the wingman though see we're getting it all screwed up the wingman's the other plane right not the guy in the back not the navigator either way goose died right okay well yeah you know yes he's he still was his wingman though right i mean yeah but i know you're right i guess technically it's not exactly a wingman all right uh right. Mm, I'm, I'm stuck here i think though i'm gonna go to running back I got a few other good ones here, but I'm going to go to the to Batman and Robin in Cleveland. I'm going to go to those two, the wingman. I mean, what a great wingman that is. Hey, here's the ball, Nick Chubb. Run up the middle for 70 yards. Oh, you need a break? Hey, we'll bring in your wingman. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, and he'll run up the middle for 50 yards. Awesome. I mean, that does, couldn't fit better. I mean, so talented. Both are, you know – Chubb maybe a little bit better running the ball, Hunt a little better catching the ball. It's just a perfect complement for that offense there in Cleveland. So I'll go with with Hunt and Chubb. I, you know, it's funny. I, Matt's telling me that he doesn't think you understood the exercise, but we all have the same picks. We have the same. We we I, I I've got the same guys on my list, so we both misunderstood it the exact same way. I've got because I was going to go, uh, but but wait, 
Who's the wingman? Is Hunt the wingman I, to Chubb or is Chubb the I guess to Hunt's Hunt? – it's always going to be the second guy, right? So Chubb's right. the main guy. Hunt's got to be – I mean, Chubb's the main guy. He's the guy at the bar all the girls like. Hunt's the guy that's the wingman at the bar that, you know, gets, like, the leftovers. Like, that's what happens. <laughs> I, I, I have another running back tandem. I'm going to skip, though. I was going to say Latavius Murray to Alvin Kamara, but I'm going to go instead uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Let's give some love, especially in Tampa Bay, where yeah. they rarely get the recognition yeah. they deserve. Levante David right. to Devin White. Right. Right. Levante, the, 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 the veteran, he's been there. He's, you know, moving toward the back end of his career. Devin White, the young guy who who is the straw that stirs that drink. David's sticking around. Hey, hey, hey. When when you got a guy like Devin White, you, you, no, I, I don't need to go anywhere else. I, he makes my life a lot easier because he's the one who's attracting the attention. He's the one who's making things happen, and I'm here just to to cover his back. Yeah, so, de definitely. Uh, yes, I, I'm with you. I I wrote that down too. That was definitely. If I didn't take my last one, that would have been the pick. But yeah, I mean, come on. Oh, you know. Oh, Devin, you're gonna blitz here. I'll try. I'll cover Travis Kelsey. Great. Oh, I can blitz here now. You'll cover Travis Kelsey. Great. Oh, neither one of us will blitz, and we'll just be, you know, impossible to stop chasing the ball. Great. I mean, yeah, they're pretty damn good wingman combination there for sure. Who else? Any anybody else on your list? Give me an all timer. Oh, all -timer. I, like, you know, Duper and Clayton, right? That that like from the who's the wingman? I guess but I'm who's gonna the say wingman? Duper is the wingman to Clayton. Okay, I'm going to say for the sake of since it was the young days, Moss was the wingman to Carter just because he was the young guy, not maybe because he was the the the, the better player. What do you think about that? Uh, and what was my oh, J you know, John Taylor, John to, Taylor. To, to, yeah, to Jerry Rice. That's the other one for sure. So you're making Moss the wingman to Carter? I, I, I feel like for when they – Carter's the wingman. I know. You think I so? I don't know. Yeah. I, I went with the young guy having to, like, be, you know, the wingman at first in the early part of his career. But you're right. I guess it really should be the other way around. And, and you want to have some of that tension. You want to have a little of the Iceman, Maverick tension, and then they, they resolve things, and at the end of the day, you can be my wingman anytime. That's but right. M M Moss is the guy. Moss was the Maverick. Moss was the guy who showed up and shook everything up, and Carter was Iceman. So I don't know who the wingman is in that. Yeah, that's a tough one. All, it's tough it, start, it starts off as Moss being the reluctant wingman, and at the end of the day, Carter embraces the fact that having Moss around made his life a hell of a lot easier. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll wrap up this Monday edition of PFT Live right after this. That's a big negative ghost rider. We're just trying to get better every single day. And so I, I, I'm not even to that point right now of what 2022 is going to look like, to be honest with you. It's about getting better. It's a, such a long process. This is, and I, and I love the process about it. It's just every single day you got a chance to get better every single day over and over and over again. And that, yes, that applies for Jalen to get better. And that applies for everybody on our team to get better, a little bit better every single day. And that's all we're concerned about right now is how we're going to be better tomorrow than we were today. Are we going to put in the work today to be ready to be better tomorrow. And, that, and honestly, that is all we're concerned about with every single player on our team right now. Strange approach for the Eagles. Head coach Nick Sirianni not committing to anything. Starting quarterback, oh, it's all competition. And then you have Howie Roseman, the GM of the team, who will say that they want to go all in with Jalen Hurts this year and see what he can do. I don't know if this is a conscious good cop, bad cop thing, but, but, but there's definitely – 
a disconnect in the messages that we're getting from the Eagles, Chris. Yeah, it does. It seems like front office and ownership is kind of like, hey, no, Jalen Hurts is the guy, and I don't know. I've, I, You get the sense, and just even, hey, knowing people in the NFL that you feel like there's a little bit of a, a trepidation there between the coaching staff and saying, like, hey, we're going Jalen Hurts all the way, which I, I understand. Again, like Jalen Hurts – did some good things, there's no doubt about it. But I don't think it's good enough to where you roll out the red carpet and just go, oh, you're the starter. I, I think that would be the wrong message to send to your football team. I do. He went one and three. There was some good. There was some bad. They want to see him kind of still earn that and earn the respect of the team and the players. You know, I think if you just anoint him and make him king a little bit, I do think you have some guys in that locker room go like, what? Like, he just guaranteed the starter? Like, he wasn't like carving up defenses like that to where we're just going to let him take over the team. I, I think there's probably a little bit of that up in the coaching staff to just make him want to earn that to, to gain everybody's trust within the organization. The Eagles have been in a perpetual search for a franchise quarterback. They thought they had it in Carson Wentz, and now they're looking again. And they have Jalen Hurts. The idea, I think, is let's see what we have in him, and we'll find out this year. And after this year, we'll make a decision about next year if Hertz doesn't become a guy that we think can be the franchise quarterback. But remember, we talked about this earlier in the program. We didn't mention the Eagles. We didn't mention any teams. But if the Deshaun Watson situation clears up, Chris, I think the Eagles are going to be one of the teams at the front of the line trying to get the guy who's the proven franchise quarterback. There's no more guesswork if you get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I agreed. I would expect them to get involved in that. And – they gave us inklings that like Jalen Hurts isn't slam dunk the guy. We all heard the rumors about the Eagles. They they fancied Zach Wilson if he was going to fall. So they're they've obviously had their eye on the quarterback situation, and they they not stupid people there. They realize yeah Jalen Hurts has some potential, but we can't just like you know staple him in there as the guy for ten years here. No, he hasn't. He hasn't earned that right yet either. So yeah, they're uh, uh, in in uh, in flux right now, and we'll see where this goes for their offense and the quarterback. Philadelphia, Miami, Carolina, maybe even Washington. Mm. Plenty of teams. If if this legal cloud can be cleared away for right. Deshaun Watson, I've been a proponent. Handle it the right way. Don't don't you know? And and it sounds like they're trying to. Yeah, right. If they can do that. There's going to be a lot of teams out there. Denver still, you run. think, too, Mike, right? You add to that list or no? I think Denver's yeah, still in it. I think, I think so. de- well, unless they get your guy, unless what? they get Aaron Rodgers, Ooh. which is still out there, potentially. That's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great Monday. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.